and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved Orthodox Christians, brethren, <clears throat> the first words of the Holy Scripture are, in the beginning God made the heaven and the earth. That's how the Holy Scriptures, the book of Genesis, starts. And the Holy Fathers explain that when Moses wrote down, in the beginning God made heaven and the earth, by heaven it is not meant the visible heaven that we see, the firmament, but rather the invisible heaven, the nine order of orders of the holy angels. At least not the only understanding of heaven is that. That is how the fathers explain. For the first creatures that God created, the first, the rational beings, were the holy angels. Millions and billions of them who were the first creatures who shared in the joy of God's existence. For that is the reason why our Savior, why God, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit created the whole creation, that the joy of existence, divine existence, might be shared with others. And therefore the first who were those who shared in this joy, in the glory, in the grace of divine existence, to share in the grace of God, were the holy angels. And as soon as the the firmament and the earth and all this visible universe was created, they straight away took upon themselves by order of God to be the stewards of the visible creation. So the invisible rational beings, the cherubim and the seraphim, the thrones, authorities, principalities, archangels, angels, so forth, they are the stewards of this visible creation. They do the bidding of God to keep this uh, visible creation as fine-tuned as God ha it uh, created it. They are the ones that keep the elements in, in, uh, in harmony. They are the ones that keep the vegetation, the minerals, the animal, all the life that we see on this earth and around us, this immensity of the universe, it's kept in order by the angels. They are the ones that keep everything together, of course, by bidding of God. God is the one who sends them and who has given task to these rational beings to keep everything in order. Not only, as I said, the mineral world of the whole, the, of the laws of physics, even everything that the scientists now discover, think about, and more they discover, more awesome the universe becomes for them. All this awesomeness of the universe is kept by providence of God, but kept in stewardship by the holy angels, they are the ones that keep it fine-tuned. But not only, as I said, the, the irrational creation, the, uh, all this, uh, what with the visible creation of the uh, stars and of the galaxies and on earth, the, of the stones and the vegetation and animals, but above all else, the, uh, the angels were there expecting and uh, overjoying when our Savior created man. For they understood that man is the microcosm in which the whole of the creation, both visible and invisible, is contained. For in man, in first man, in other men, all his generation, that is, all human beings, God put everything in a, in a microcosm. For a human being contains in himself both the air four elements and it contains the uh, something of the uh, uh, plant kingdom and also of the animal kingdom and above that he also has an immortal soul that is a part of the invisible world akin to the angels therefore only a human being 
is the fullness of the creation represented. And the angels were overjoyed for they saw that human being was created as the pinnacle, the crown of the whole creation. And if they were created in order to be ministering spirits, to minister to God and to be stewards of his creation, human being was created for something even greater. That through human being, God would make his own, uh, unite to himself the whole creation. For the incarnation, the uh, God's plan of incarnation was there even before the creation of the world. And it was in human being, human being as the pinnacle and the representative of the whole creation through which God would make his own the whole creation by the incarnation. This the angels knew and were overjoyed in seeing Adam's creation. And they didn't stop serving Adam, helping him and his generation, even when Adam deviated from this God-given plan, even when he fell from grace and he became son of corruption instead of being son of incorruption. Even there, the angels continued to minister to help, to be a big brother, to be a helping hand to, the, uh, to, to humans, because they knew the treasure that was buried in humanity, even it, it had become... The, uh, the son of uh, corruption. And therefore we see throughout the Old Testament how Archangel Michael and Gabriel and Raphael are there to guide, to help, to lead us back to uh, uh, the, the lost uh, uh, fatherland, which is uh, paradise. We see how Archangel Michael was there leading the people of God from uh, Egypt into the uh, promised land. How he appeared and showed and revealed this to Jesus of Navi, who was the commander of the people of God. How he also helped the Israelites in many battles against the unbelieving nations. How Raphael is there always to guide us the, and especially help us in the times of trials when we are traveling, we're alone, and the demons assail us. That is evident from the book of Tobith. And we also see how Gabriel was the great minister of the Incarnation. How he was the one sent by God to Zacharias to announce the conception of the forerunner, of the one who prepared the way for our Savior's coming. And how he was the one also who announced to the Most Holy Theotokos the coming of our Savior and Incarnation. Therefore they were there to help, they were there to guide, and they didn't uh, stop from doing all this, even when we were, when we were, we, we had fallen. Great joy was then for them, the incarnation. For they saw that what was, that they knew from the Council of the Holy Trinity being revealed to them, that incarnation would be the pinnacle of all the marvelous works of, of God uh, towards his creation. And they saw in an ineffable way how God whom they serve in the high heavens transcended and uh, tra trans, uh, came down uh, uh, traversing the nine orders of angels to become and dwell in a human being. How he became man in the womb of the most holy Theotokos. Awed were they with this marvelous occurrence. And they accompanied our Savior throughout his earthly 
life, especially during his passion, and descending with him into Hades to uh, defeat the power of the enemy. There were the angels shackling death and its fiends in the, in the depths of Hades. And they more they marveled at the holy resurrection and the ascension when they saw the same lords who they served from the beginning of, their cre of, the, of the creation now ascending not only as God but as human being as well and sitting at the right throne of the right hand of the Father. Great was their amazement and they, great was their joy into the wisdom of God's providence towards us. And not only are they happy for us because of the Incarnation, but they're happy for their own sakes because the Fathers teach us that through the Incarnation, our Savior became even more accessible, not only to us, but to the Holy Angels. For we know that to them, our Savior became more accessible through the Divine Liturgy. For we, when we serve the Divine Liturgy, it is not us alone that serve as human beings, but rather it's Christ himself who serves it, we being his concelebrants, and the myriads of angels that are present to serve. And therefore, what we partake of, of during the communion, that is, of very God, through the body and blood of his, they also partake in an ineffable, in an explicable manner. Therefore, through the Incarnation, God became even more accessible to them. He became uh, more closer to them. Although they're so close, just imagine how, what means closest to God in the divine communion that even angels are overjoyed. Those who behold the face of God constantly, even they are overjoyed. And for them it is the greatest gift that there is to celebrate the divine liturgy together with us, the unworthy ones. And especially are they happy when they hear us during the divine liturgy pronounce that battle cry. What is that battle cry? Let us stand well, let us stand uh, uh, with fear. So that, uh, that those, that, why is it that a, a battle cry? It is a battle cry because those were the words pronounced by Archangel Michael even before the creation of the visible world when one of the archangels, together those who were following him into darkness, rebelled against God. Rebelled against God and wanted to take with him into this rebellion the whole of the invisible creation. There at that moment, one of the archangels, Archangel Michael, stood firm and pronounced a battle cry against these rebels and said, let us stand well, let us stand with fear. Those are those beautiful words that we repeat at every liturgy after uh, reciting the creed. Therefore, the archangels and the angels, every invisible uh, spiritual noetic power that is present in the liturgy over, is overjoyed to hear us pronounce those words as well and to be ready in to go into battle against uh, the devil and its fiends. That is the power of, of these words and that is how much the angels are overjoyed. For we are in a battle and the battle that started even before uh, the creation of human beings when this uh, Lucifer uh, rebelled against God. A battle that is a cosmic battle that continues and it will continue until the, uh, the, this world is ended. Our Savior defeated the power of the enemy when he descended to Hades and, and resurrected and defeated the power of the uh, of, of, of death and he will entirely obliterate it at his second coming but until then 
He has given us the task to make war, to wage war against the enemy of salvation. Where is this war being waged? This war is being waged in our hearts, beloved Christians. That is the true and real war. The cosmic war is happening in our hearts. Out in the world, we only see the fruits of this war. All the disease and enmity and murders and terrible things that happen, they are the results of this war, just as when a war happens and the whole land becomes desolate because of it, that is why the, uh, the earth is desolate, because there's a war happening in our hearts. And when the evil overcomes the good in human hearts, then the, everything goes wrong. And that is why we are given a task, like St. Michael, to stand guard on our heart and to struggle there to be present there as true uh, uh, soldiers of Christ and to win this battle in our hearts by not giving an inch, not giving any quarter to the enemy. It is the most difficult battle. Those who think that they can mend the world by the doing things in the world, they're wrong. Yes, things should be done in the world, but without winning our own battle in our heart, everything we do in the world will be in vain, because it means we are only uh, trying to, figure, to uh, contain the damage and not go to the root of the, of the problem, which is in human hearts. That is why the uh, true church, the Orthodox Christianity, has always preached that the greatest service one can do to humanity is to win this war in his heart. That is the greatest task. And that is why the saints they didn't become social workers in the world, but rather they became ones who overcame the evil in their hearts. And going out into uh, struggling in the desert was greater service maybe for humanity than doing something in the world and yet attend, not attending to one's heart and leaving, leaving the evil to dwell in one's heart. That is why the attaining to purity of heart is the greatest victory that we can have. So we said that Archangel Michael was the one who proclaimed those beautiful words and stood and called upon all the angelic hosts to stand with him in defense of the truth. This, beloved Christians, if we understand it properly, makes the Archangel Gabriel to be the first confessor of faith. Because he was the one who defended the truth against who? Against the first heretic. For that's what the devil is. He's the first heretic. For heresy means to say a lie about God. To say something about God that isn't true. And that is what the, uh, the Satan did. He said that God was unfair and unjust towards him in the station that he had, he had given to him. And he deserved more. And that is why he wanted to put his throne not only above all the archangelic powers, above, but above God himself. Therefore, he was the first heretic, and all those who invent things about God, who distort the, uh, the truth about God, and to, and to invent lies about God, they are the followers of Lucifer, because they are the followers of that first heretic. And those who stand for the truth, no matter the consequences, no matter the sacrifice, who defend the truth delivered by God to, to the angels and to us, they become the followers of that first confessor of faith, who, was, who is St. Michael the Archangel. Therefore, this is the great feast that we are celebrating today. And it's a most uh, a providential coincidence that the first of the confessors, St. Michael, we celebrate to, uh, today, and also one of the last of the confessors of the church, St. Philaret, we also celebrate today. 
so for what St. Hilary did in our age is an imitation of or a following in the footsteps of what that first confessor did, St. Michael the Archangel. He defended the truth against those who invent a lie about God. And what is this lie that they invented in our age? That God did not reveal in all fullness his truth about everything, about the church, about salvation, about himself, through his incarnation and through the dogmas that were given to the church, that somehow the church is deficient and only when all these falsely so-called Christian congregations come together, then will all the truth and the church be created. A blasphemy. And that is the blasphemy that is called ecumenism. And St. Philaret was the one who, like Archangel Michael, stood and said, let us stand well, let us stand with fear, by sending his letters of sorrowful epistles to all the, the hierarchs of, of his time and pleading with them, asking them, uh, begging them to uh, think what they were doing, how they were uh, forfeiting their orthodoxy, how they were betraying the faith by uh, engrossing, by submerging themselves into this newly appeared heresy of ecumenism. And alas, if in times of uh, St. Michael, Mo, the vast majority of the heavenly hosts stood by uh, us, uh, him and, and battled against the, against the enemy, and it was only a fraction of the myriads of, of angels that became demons by following Lucifer, in times of this Saracen ecumenism, the vast majority of those who were, had given the vow to be rightly dividers of the word of truth, that is the bishops, fell away and it was only a fraction that were left to confess the true faith. Alas, to the age that we live in, beloved Christians. But we have faith and hope in our Savior, that he will always raise hierarchs like St. Philaret. And we have him as a guide, as a great uh, shepherd, who uh, reading his homilies, reading his epistles, <coughs> just emulating him in everything that we did, we know what is the, uh, uh, God, uh, the, the path trodden by the saints. And we follow, all we have to do is to follow in his footsteps. And just as he never minded to be in a minority, never minded to be even alone, never minded to be betrayed by the closest of him for the sake of the truth. As long as he knew that he was standing for the truth, so also we should follow in his footsteps. And to a steadfast for the truth. But not only truth that is the truth of their faith, but also we should emulate him in the holiness of his life. How he had cleansed his heart, purified his heart, although being involved in the world and making many visits to parishes and not having quiet for one moment, he had so much to warn the battle of against the devil in his heart that his whole body turned out to be incorrupt. That is, the incorruption that he attained in his soul already in this life came out as a sign on the, the corruption of his body. Let us, therefore, beloved Christians, follow in the footsteps of the holy great Archangel Michael and of all the confessors of faith, and especially of St. Philaret. And let us ask that them that they should stand with us, that or to, to do always the right thing, to struggle without giving quarter to the enemy in our hearts, and to stand fast in our faith. And especially let us also ask our guardian angels, who God has given us as protectors and guides, that they should, they should, we should never grieve them, by them beholding things that of us committing sin, but rather they should always be overjoyed in us following Christ's commandments. Of this, may our Saviour deem us worthy. Amen.